Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. I'll tell you something that strikes me every year as I sit down to read the Easter story is that it feels far more chaotic and doubtful than we often depict it. We like pretty bows, pastel colors, and certainty. Whereas the first Easter sounded like it was filled with panic. People running all over the place and a surprise too big to be held or even understood in a single moment. This year we read it from the Gospel of John and it's a pretty intense morning. Mary is up early. Well, it's still dark and and she arrives at the tomb and naturally she freaks out when she sees the tomb's been open and, and wouldn't you? Walking through a graveyard while it's still dark to find that the one that you came to visit has been opened and is now empty. So she immediately runs back to where the disciples are gathered. Out of breath, she exclaims, they've taken the Lord from the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. And Peter and John take off. They don't ask any follow-up questions or finish their breakfast. They run. And it's not even like they run together. They run as fast as they can. John is quicker than Peter, and so he gets there first. John sees the empty tomb, and and he's in shock. He just stands there, and Peter, huffing and puffing from trying to keep up with John, he doesn't stop to inspect things. He just runs right into the tomb. He sees the linen cloths that were used to wrap Jesus' body, the, the face cloth that was used to cover his head. And after catching himself, John joins Peter inside the tomb, and we read that he saw and he believed, which sounds pretty Eastery, but then it says he didn't yet understand. He saw and he believed, and yet he did not understand. And the thing is, the text doesn't even tell us what he saw and believed. The most logical thing from the story so far is that he saw that the tomb was empty and he believed what Mary had told him, that someone had taken Jesus' body. Either way, the disciples don't stick around. They get out of there. They return to the place they were staying. There are no pretty bows on that Easter moment. It's chaotic. It's inconclusive. It's, it's a little awkward. But as we just read, the story continues. While Peter and John were in the tomb seeing, believing, and yet not understanding, Mary seems to have run back as well. She's been running all morning. She shows up while it's still dark to find an empty tomb, runs to tell the disciples, runs back, and as she gets there, the disciples leave, and apparently they don't even talk to her. This has been a frantic and frightening start to her day. And I imagine she is exhausted. Maybe she hoped that the disciples would have stuck around for a while. That together they'd come up with a plan, form a search committee, do something, anything. But they just leave. 
And so for the second time that morning, Mary is by herself outside an empty gravesite. She bends down, looks into the tomb, and weeps. She weeps. It's just been too much. It's only been three days since she stood at the foot of the cross and watched her friend, her teacher, her her hero go through the worst thing ever. And so she weeps. And while she's sitting there weeping, two angels appear and ask her why she's crying. And while we don't know what John saw and believed, it's pretty clear that Mary still thinks someone's playing a trick on her, right? She she responds to the angel, they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've put him. And then as she turns around, Jesus is standing there but she doesn't recognize him. How jarring would that be? A stranger sneaks up behind you while you're crying at an empty grave moments after seeing two angels and then this stranger who's actually Jesus asks her why she's crying so much. And this time she she seems to snap back. If you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and, and I'll go get him. She's exhausted, weeping, still seeing flashbacks of the angry crowd, the cross, that whole thing. She just wants to put Jesus' body back in the tomb and grieve. She just wants that part of the story to be over, to be behind her. You're welcome to hang out up here. It's totally fine. According to the Gospel of John, Jesus' final words on the cross were, it is finished. And truthfully, in that moment, I think Mary just wants it to be finished. If you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. I think Mary just wants the pain to stop. I think she wants to seal off her grief, to put the messy stuff back in the ground. And then she hears something that cuts to her soul. It's her name. She hears her name, but it's not just her name that seemingly brings her back to life. It's the voice, right? It's it's his voice. Her heart rate slows down. Right, her, her bloodshot eyes and puffy cheeks, they, they clear up as she hears Jesus' voice speaking her name, and she knows it's him. She just knows it. Then Jesus says, don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I'm going up to my father, to your father, to my God, and your God. Essentially, Jesus says to her, this story's not over. It is is not finished. The cross might have been the end of one story, but, but the empty tomb is the beginning of something altogether new. And Mary once again starts running. However, this time her stride is more lively as she runs and proclaims, I've seen the Lord. 
that's Easter. It's a messy story. It's an emotional roller coaster of a morning, especially for Mary. Even at the end of it, everyone's still left with more questions than answers. All we know is that Mary saw Jesus and the story's not quite over. And I, I think I'm drawn to this messy story because that's how life often plays out. Things don't get fixed immediately. Shock and grief don't vanish overnight. The empty tomb didn't immediately make things better for Peter, John, and Mary. It was a shocking, disorienting morning that would take time to process, time to piece together. That's life, isn't it? Crucifixions happen. Painful, traumatic, disorienting stuff happens. Damaged relationships happen. Divorce happens. Cancer, dementia, it it happens. Infertility happens. Bankruptcy and job loss happens. Bullying, gossiping, heartbreak, it happens. Death happens. It all happens. And when it happens, how often do we find ourselves thinking, this must be it. This must be the the conclusion of my chaotic and messy life story. How often do we find ourselves thinking, it's finished. And Mary wasn't looking for Jesus. She She wasn't looking for Jesus. She was looking for his body. So she could put it back in the tomb. So she could roll the stone back in place and be done with that story. She thought... It was finished. But for Mary and for each and every one of us, the Easter's not the conclusion. It is just the beginning. Friends, the Easter good news is that there is life beyond suffering. There is life beyond loss. There's even life beyond death. Yes, it, it might look different than we expected. It might be different than we expected, but it's still life. An interesting thing to observe is that Jesus is not the same after the cross. In the coming days and weeks as Jesus appears to his friends, there are moments when his disciples, when Mary, when the two men walking on the road to Emmaus, they they don't even recognize him. Jesus has changed. He's not the same and yet he's still Jesus. Friend, there, there, there's life beyond hardship and suffering. Sure, it might look different than, than we'd expect or what we'd hope for, but it's still life. It's a story being written that will contain immeasurable joy and meaning and purpose and love. Love is risen today. Love is not gone. Peter, John, and Mary, the rest of the disciples who are, who are hiding, who are in wait, their story's not over. In fact, if we could take a helicopter view of, of the next couple years for them, the places they're going to go, the, the miraculous signs of love that they're going to participate in, we'd see that this is just the beginning They are just getting started. It doesn't matter how old you are. 
how anxious you are, how privileged or poor you are. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are on your life story. There is still more love for you. Your story is far from over. Love is present today. Love is risen today. Know that there is love ahead of you. The thing that you're going through, the thing that you suffered, the weight you've been carrying, the shame you can't shake, the pain you've caused, the mistakes you've made, all that stuff, it's not the end of your story. It is, in fact, not finished. There's an empty tomb and a risen Jesus. Christ is risen today. Love is risen today. Every day is a new day. It might be a little chaotic, messy, and at times inconclusive, but it's still a new day. It's, it's still a new story that's being written. So Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia and amen.